episode 14 of the throne out here man um joined by joe again from ears one thank you for having a thank you for having thank you for coming out <laughs> no problem and, uh, thanks for having me hey again? No, uh hey man anytime bro and finally kevin has made it onto the show here i am yes finally we got the drummer special it has commenced and uh kevin man thank you again for coming out dude thanks for having me um just a quick rundown joe we know you play for ears one i play for you noya you want to just give a plug to every single band that oh, you play for geez, right quick Christmas. kevin starting when i mean uh <laughs> should i start back in 01 when i moved here and uh i mean currently yeah yeah, yeah. let's get I, the current lineup i play for born beneath and i play for macronium okay i play for a thousand pounds of thrust and i play for a band called witch's mark shout Which, out to all of those fucking bands a lot of people don't know maybe a lot about Witch's Mark, but they've been in and out of the scene quite a bit, and we're gearing up to hit it hard again. Really? And make stuff happen, you know. Uh, they've had a bad run with drummers. Okay. Um, not because the drummers were bad, it's just because circumstances, you know, and I guess I should get into it because it's personal or whatever with the drummers, you know, but, you know, I'm in their band now, and it's fun, you know, and it's a different kind of music. You know, it's it's more thought provoking to Interesting. play. It's not really like thrashy or, or heavy, you know, it's quite a bit of intricate things going on in there, you know. Like a little more tasty. A little more tasty, a little more I, I guess I guess you could call it power metal ish, I mean, you know. Oh, okay. Kinda, yeah, they are clean the female vocals. Yeah, that I know. Uh, I don't uh, is it the band that plays with the keyboards and yeah. stuff? They have the okay. I, I've seen like half of, of their set, but okay. Uh, I forgot what show it was at. It might have been at the Apocalypse Records show. Did did they play there? No, they didn't play that. Oh, it okay. was a show at Churchill. It was a show at Churchill that I saw them. At. Didn't they play yeah, at Kryptonite? We played early. Kryptonite. Yeah. Was it Kryptonite? Yeah, it was. Kryptonite. It probably was. We Kryptonite. played early, like five or something. Yeah, like that. it was probably Kryptonite then, because I went early to see Tedium. Yeah, it was yeah. Kryptonite then. Man, that was a lot of fun. What, Kryptonite? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, this is my second year. I'm, I'm sure you've been there for Kryptonite's from... always fun, man. I've yeah. been there almost since the beginning. I missed probably five shows. Since, really? You know, the, it started. Okay. But, you know, I, my band Hate Machine, the best <laughs> metal band the first two years. So that was cool. How long has Hate Machine been around, man? Hate Machine has been around since, I want to say, 2003. And we lasted till like, 2005. And then we, we split up. But, I mean, we're still going. It's just everybody's got their own life, you know. And we get together and do it when we want to, you know. And, and it's fun, yeah. I mean, a band that's been together that long, the chemistry is so tight. It, it, it is. I mean, because we all just, it's what we want to do, you know. And, and nobody, you know, it's not like the guitar player wanted to be a punk rocker. Or the singer wanted to be, you know, a gospel singer or anything like that. It's We all just want to be heavy as fuck and... and and thrash and and just just kill it, you know. And that that's what hate machine is. Like we come out and we kill it. Yeah, and fuck we, yeah. And man. we go away. And it's it, like holy shit. What, what, what trips me out is how long you guys have been around. I mean, oh three, oh three. I was in elementary school, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm old, man. I'm not gonna tell you how old, but I'm no, old. No, no, no. I got a birthday man. coming up, so. Same here, man. You're, no, you're, you're experienced. Gemini. I'm in we'll Gemini. say that. I'm Gemini. Dude, I, I'm, my birthday's uh, June second, dude. Oh shit, I'm June fourth. Oh, right there, dude. That's what's up, man. So yeah, we'll yeah. be celebrating very soon. 
Um, but yeah, it's like it's nuts being a part of something that's been around since. Uh, yeah, I I love it, and every band I'm in, I tend to stay in for as long as possible, because you know I I like when bands have longevity. Yeah. I I'm not a fan of bands that switch members on a regular basis. I feel you on that. But um, in Macronium's case, I mean, it's been for the better, you know. I mean, because Joe works his ass off to make shit happen. And he just, in the beginning, was doing it all on his own. And he didn't have, you know, the people to back him musically, you know, and, and physically to carry out what he wanted to do. And now it's, you know, you know me and Sandra and Daniel. and It's going to kill, you know. We already wrote five new songs in like three weeks. And you know? it's really good. Um, there was a song, uh, I can't remember specifically, but there were lyrics. I think it was Repent. Or something, something like that. Uh, uh, man, see, that's a funny thing. I don't. I mean, you have you playing so many bands. Yeah, know? exactly. It's I, I lose it. Uh, I, but I'm not really good with the lyrics because for me, if lyrics don't make sense to me, I don't pay attention to them. And, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes the lyrics just don't make sense. I guess sometimes you. they just say what they say because it sounds cool. I guess you know it's just their way of expressing. No, I agree. Uh, but there was I mean I heard your guys New material At the uh, Ears 1 Release show uh, For their video and oh, It was yeah. sick man You guys yeah. had an awesome set yeah, there It's definitely heavy um, Yeah And even for an outside set Like you guys had Such a presence man uh, how, how often Like I, I, I'm so curious Like to To get Into how you guys Have your band meetings And stuff Like how you talk about What you're gonna do on stage Or how you're gonna Present yourselves Like Cause that's a conversation that we have all the time. We're trying to improve our stage presence. Okay, is that something that you guys legitimately put a lot of thought into? I mean, for me, I'm just lucky because the bands that I'm usually in just bring it. You know what I mean? And it's it's not really a talked about thing. Like we get mad sometimes in Macronium because like the five machines don't work, and right. that's part of our show. Of course, like, yeah. What the fuck, you know? Like it sh- it should have worked, <laughs> and then then we got to play with no fog, and it's almost like we're playing naked. Yeah, so no, I, I guess you would say for Macronium, you know, fog is definitely part of the show, and the glass that Joe breaks himself with, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And for Bormanith, it's just pretty much play as tight as we possibly can. Yeah, yeah. You know, step up the tempo a notch when we play live, you know, to give it a little more energy, and and just try to move, you know, and don't just stand there like a statue. You know, and, and and participate in the crowd. Yeah, you know? dude, I dealt with that. Being a being in a band that's nothing but statues. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. <laughs> it I mean, really sucks. Why? Why? Because there's no energy. It's like you're there. For me, the what happened was, dude. If you see me play, I play with a lot of energy. Yeah. And it's it's just in me. I can't help it. Nah, with this band, I'm putting out all this energy, all this energy. I'm trying to get make eye contact with the other members to try to get them into it and different things like that. And they just stand there. The guitar player will look at me and just be like, hmm. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then turn back around. Right. I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm glad you were into the music. P.S. But I was like, bro, you, it was treated as, as if it was a job as opposed to a passion. Right. And that I hated it. I had to leave that band. Once I saw the opportunity to leave that band, and I gave them a shot twice because I left. I was winning before I moved to Orlando. Um, I think it was like '09, somewhere around there, 2009, wow. 2010. I was in there with them, and it felt like it was a job. Members weren't clicking right. 
So I was like, okay, I'm trucking the deuces. I got stuff I got to do. I'm trying to establish myself. Of as, course. As something you got to move on, dude. Yeah. So I left and went to Orlando, and they had recorded a, a small EP or whatever, and I came back down, and I was like, and I'm like, okay, so y'all, y'all got the ball rolling now. I want to play since everybody seems to be on the same page. I get in the band. It's the same shit. I'm like, bruh, okay, let's, let's, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Not treat it as a job. You know what I'm saying? Let, if it's going to be a passion, let it be a passion. Don't yeah. try to act a rock star in so many words just to make some money. I guess. Which you. is making money is the goal, but if you ain't passionate about, about the music, the money is not going to come. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. No, you're not going to give it that 110% yeah. that you would exactly. if you cared about it. The audience wants to see a show. Yeah. They want to hear music and they want to see a show. And they don't want to just look at, you know, t shirt and shorts and just be up there like, do to do. I mean, you got to kind of have a uniform. Yeah. You, you got to have uniformity in your band yeah. where you're all doing the same thing. You know what I mean? If one guy's banging his head all the time during a part of a song, then all the guys should, you know, try. Yeah. You know? I, you know, I know banging your head is kind of hard and you're trying to play an instrument, but it's, it's, man, you gotta, you gotta be part of the show. You yeah. Know? You gotta give the crowd, like, something to, to, like, oh, man, you know, I, I can't believe, like, some people get really crazy and jump on speakers and stuff. Like yeah. Like, doing guitar solos. I mean, everybody can't do that, but. No, see, I, I agree. Uh, you definitely gotta throw some kind of shit in there. To yeah. I yours. mean, I mean, because me personally, I go to the show to see what I can't get on the CD. If I wanted yeah. to listen to a CD, I would pop in the CD. I listen to the CD. If I want to see, hear what you put on the CD, you know what I'm right. saying? If I go to a show, I want to see what you're not putting on that CD. Right. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. That's why people go to see live shows. The, the yeah. one thing I, I do notice that sometimes, uh, depending on the genre, I mean, like you said, we're, we're born beneath, you want to stay tight. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's some songs that for me, if I try and go too hard with the show showboating, or not showboating, but you know, like the... the Showmanship, whatever. Yep, yep. I feel like sometimes I kind of fuck up. Yeah. So sometimes for me, it's important for me to stay tight, and sometimes I rely on people like you know Brian or David to fucking fuck around and do their shit. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Like you said, have other members that are into it too, because sometimes. Yeah. I mean, communication is huge on stage, especially with me. I've, I'm big on communication. Period. On stage, we gotta communicate. We gotta be. I gotta know where you at. I gotta know where this person's at. 100%. I have to know where my what my band is doing because if I don't. I'm just, I feel like I'm a higher drummer. Right. You feel me? No, I, I feel you. Yeah. There so, has to be that vibe there, that connection yeah. there. Like, you know, the cues and shit, making eye contact with your, with your band members. Like, Yeah, let me know you you feeling the music. If I, if I feel like you ain't feeling the music, I'm like, okay, there's no point in me even playing. Yeah, I, one of my favorite things about gigging as a drummer is like when one of your guitar players or one of the other members like comes, fucking it turns around and is playing with you yeah. and shit and you're yeah. vibing out like... It's crazy, man. I mean, you've played in so many different bands. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that like you've had so many different fucking. But that's, yeah. that's but that is like for me. That's one of the things I thrived on at one point because I was like, well, I still kind of thrive on it being versatile. Yeah. So I played in a crap load of bands from coming, yeah, coming out of high school. I mean, I started. I was playing drums at a church, and then from there, I went to. Now I went to reggae, and then from reggae I joined a rock band, and then from the rock band I did like a little bit of jazz. Then I, a friend of mine's dad was trying to put together like a calypso Caribbean um, 
bachata type band I played for that. That's crazy, man. Dude, playing some bachata. Dude, I don't hop. I believe it. I don't hop onto a copa scene like Haitian copa music, but that one was rough for me because I wasn't Haitian. Right. So I knew how to play the music, but I didn't know how to play the music. I didn't have the feel for the music. I know what you mean, man. So I mean. I I really base, pride myself. I'm like, yo, I can sit in any circle and play drums. I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? That's really cool, man. I wish I could say the same. That's I mean, it cool. just comes with practice and exposing yourself to the different genres. Like I mentioned last time I was here, I just go on YouTube and throw in a mix and just let the mix ride and, and just, just play. Jam out. Yeah. But it, it taught me discipline because I was like, okay, I got to figure out what's coming up next because I don't know what's coming up next. So it taught me how to sit back and pay attention to what's actually going around, what everybody's doing. As opposed to just holding down the backbeat. You know what I'm saying? I get you. Like, you know, you kind of got to anticipate. You know, it kind of yeah. gives you some, some practice on, like, predicting what yeah. kind of, like, time changes or, yeah. or cues and shit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, I've been in bands. just nothing serious where I've been gigging out. This is yeah. the first band that I've actually gigged out with, like, on a regular oh, wow. basis. Um, I played, you know, fucking, I played like a talent show in high school, or whatever. We did, yeah. like, we did Rocket Queen by Guns N' Roses. Yeah, you oh, know, geez. That's that, awesome. that that was a it was a cool song. We didn't have a singer though, so it was okay. just me on drums, and we had Izzy and Slash, basically like the, the rhythm and lead guitars, dude. We didn't have a bass, we didn't have a singer, but we just jammed the fuck out, and then like we we made it. Like they were like, yeah, we'll let you guys play or whatever, and then uh, my cousin Lennon. You're listening to this. He backed out like last minute. Ooh. He didn't want to play, so we didn't get to play the actual talent show. But we auditioned and made it on. Yeah, that was the first time I was gonna play in front of a crowd, man. I was so hyped. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't exposed myself to playing in jazz or fucking you jazz should. is one of the hardest genres to play. Yeah, yeah. No. jazz and swing because <laughs> swing. Oh, wow, those boy. drummers, man. I'm yeah, like, oh, or that big band like that orchestra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit. yeah. like Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Yeah, yeah. Gene Krupa. Those guys. Like, Oh my god! Uh, it's like, do they play with weird time signatures? Is that what it is? Most no. of it is like straight four four. It's just the way that they they accent <laughs> yep. certain notes. Yeah, accents, the dynamics. That shit is so is so crazy to me because uh, there's certain uh, like rudiments or dynamics or accents that I want to do on like the snare drum that I really can't with the snare that I have, or I don't know if it's the head that I have or it's the way I tune it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it, I don't get enough bounce or something. You might need to tighten your head up. I mean, I've had the same head for a couple of years at this point. I mean, yeah, you gotta tighten the head up, and then if it's too loud, you just tape it. Yeah, I tape so it. Uh, I take the ring on it, it, you know, so it's a little flat. Right. And then you can do whatever kind of little rolls you want to do, like a buzz roll type thing. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. So you guys have it, like, because you have that Yamaha snare you have, that's like a marching <laughs> drum snare. <laughs> it yeah, is. It's, so it's dope, an actual dope. marching snare. I, I, what, what made you think to use that? I wanted one forever. I actually had two. I actually had like the, the, like, I guess they call it a core style marching snare. I don't know what they call it, but like the one you see at on the colleges or whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah, yeah. The quads? No, the snare. Oh, okay. But it was, it didn't have the, the tone of an actual snare for me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy me another one because that's not doing the job. I seen that one on offer up. I was like, yo, I'm going to get it. I went and got it, changed the snares, changed the heads on it, and it is loud as shit. But how much you pay for it? Eighty bucks. Holy shit! That's oh man, I, I need a new snare, dude. So it's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to get together like two hundred bucks or some shit, man. I'm gonna have to just check offer up, man. Yeah. 
Cause I want a snare. My snare is. I mean, I just I'm just using the one that came with the kit. But like yeah. the screws are constantly coming loose inside the drum. Oh, yeah. yeah. My snare's broken on it already. Like you so. gotta go in there and put some Loctite on the screws. Yeah. What are those? It's Loctite. It's, you get it at the hardware store. It's like a red and blue liquid that you put on screws, and when you put the screw in, it seals the screw so it can't back out. Yeah. That's definitely what I fucking need because it happens multiple times and it happens. Like where, um, you know, when you can t- turn the snare on or off. Yep. Yeah. So when off. I try and turn the snare, one it, it just fucking the whole thing just kind of slides out because that screw is not there yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I've had to I've had to take off the head multiple times to so that's probably what's wrong with the head. So I've had to take it on and off multiple times. Yeah. It's probably gotten stretched and warped. Yeah. Well, if you get that drum dial thing and you always put it to the same dial that you like, then that's good too because that way the snare is always where you want it to be. Because yeah. just tuning it, sometimes, you know, your ear says, oh, it sounds like that, but maybe it's not, the tension isn't right, you know? Yeah. So you can't really do what you want to do. Oh, okay. I, I actually, I have a, an electric drum tuner. It's called oh, okay. a TuneBot. Cool. Um, our boy Alex, you know, he works at Guitar Center, uh, he he, uh, he recommended that, so I picked that up, and it's fucking awesome, dude. It, it's like to the degree, like to the fucking pitch degree. It's nuts. Yeah, cool. The only thing is like looking up. Because it, it uses a resonance tone and like a, uh, a, ba- a beater tone or some shit like that. Battery. Battery tone. So right. the bottom head and the top head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's one that you let it ring out and there's one where you mute it. Yeah. I think to check the lugs or something. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you just have to find like actual settings that, uh, like I typed in like actual drum pitches for a metal sound. Uh-huh. And it'll give you it'll give you notes and numbers and shit and I'll just try and match it up to that. But I don't know if there's an actual... Is there like a standard drum tuning? Not really. Nah. It just depends on the sound you're going for, right? Yeah. Because I, I went through a bunch of different methods. Like, I used to tune my drums to a keyboard or to a, to a guitar. Interesting. Yeah. How did that do? I mean, it worked for the band I was playing with because I tuned it to whatever key that they were playing in. So if they was playing like in a C... I would have the drums tuned or have them in a C arpeggio, so to be C, then blah, 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 going up the rack. So okay. as I was coming down, it'll match whatever they played, or it could be an accent to what the guitar player or the bass player was playing. Then I just went to, you know what, forget this. Mm-hmm. I'm finna go to how, how I want to hear them because, because I listen to so much music and I hear so much different drums. It's like, okay, I want to sound like that dude, but I don't want to sound too yeah. much like that dude. Yeah. So I got to figure out how to make it sound like me and still have some influence from that person. Right. You know? Uh, that's definitely a challenging aspect in creating and developing a sound is taking bits and pieces from people you like, but not overly, like trying to copy them blatantly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, who are some of your influences, Kev? Well, I mean, right now, my, my current snare sound is... is from Chris Adler, Lamb of God. Like, I yeah. try to get that really high, snappy, you know, really obnoxious, ringy sound, you know? Yeah. Um, but, man, you know, uh, as far as drumming idols go, I mean, I, I don't know. The list is really long. Of course. Like, I, it's I, never I just a one lot or two of different, people. You know, sounds. And there's, like, some old, like, 50s, like, kind of sounds. Like, some, like, um, man, uh like the temptations okay yeah. like you know some of the drum sounds and that like the snare i'm like yeah. man that's so like i like a really poppy snare but as far as the rest of the drums i a lot of people tune their drums and they sound kind of like bells almost i don't really like that i like a flat tone right so it's still got to cut through you know what i mean yeah. so it's it's almost I, I try to tune them so they sound almost triggered in a way so it's like when you hit it it's, it's like a slap and a and a 
Almost like a dead, almost like a dead tumble. Almost. almost like a dead, but a little bit of a hum, you know. Okay. Not really quite flat, but just a little bit of oomph, you know. That's what I'm at too. That's what I'm at too. I tune mine is almost to the well. The heads that I'm using now, they're I'm, I'm ah. Remo Emperor. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm using the ebony ones. ones. I'm oh, using okay, the ebony okay. emperors, yep. so they're a little thicker, so I can get a deader tone. Because me growing up, I was the same way. But when I was in churches, like all these church drums had super dead tums, and they had no bottom heads on them. Yeah. So yeah, hit them and be like, doo, so doo, you sound doo, like doo. kiss. Yeah. <laughs> like old school. Yeah. Seventies drums. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's what the the kits that they had at these yeah, churches. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? These old busted, beat up kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, now that's what I'm kind of going for with the setup that I have now. The only issue I have is my um, rack tum. It comes untuned, so it goes like really dead to the point where it's like floppy because oh, wow. because of the tension that I have in it. I don't have it at a real tight tension. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that because my, my I, it's, I find it hard. I find it even harder to do rolls on my toms too because I want the sound that I like. They they can't be that tight. You know what I mean? I mean, there's ways to do it. Um, Cause just, I don't like them too high pitched like a bell, like you yeah. said. Either. Yeah, I don't, I don't and like if you tighten either. them up, they're gonna ring, dude. Yeah, yeah. in my like opinion, maybe it's you got I gotta loosen the the bottom one a bit or something. Well, you know, if if you if you want the drum to sound big, normally you loose, you tighten the top head a little bit, and if you tighten the bottom head a little bit tighter, sometimes you get a, a boomier yeah. sound out of, out really? of the drum. Yeah. yeah. Any particular reason? I never knew that. I um, thought it was you loosen the bottom one. Yeah, no, no. I'm not really sure why, but just for some reason it. Uh, the concussion that happens inside the drum is a deeper concussion when the bottom head is a little bit tighter than than you think it should be. You know, um, when I recorded with Hate Machine, uh, the guy had me tune my freaking drums like every take. Like it was it was a weird process, but I had to tune my snare, my toms, my floor tom every take. That's not like a headache. He put it on a, a rug and upside down on a rug, you know, and then tune the bottom head. And like by ear, you know, and he'd sit there with me. He had a better ear than me because I work on motorcycles that are loud. I, I play drums and, and yeah. metal bands all the time. So my hearing isn't the greatest. Right. So, uh, you know, he helped me get the pitch in the drum, you know. And that's kind of how I learned how to tune. I don't, uh, I'm not a fan of actually tuning. I mean, yeah, I got the same drum heads on my drums for like eight years now. Oh, man. You know, uh, and I got a piece of tape on a little hole that is in one of my toms. That I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not like Joe. I don't beat the crap out of my drums. I yeah, used to I beat the crap out of my drums. <laughs> but, uh, I go through cymbals like crazy. I can't, dude. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm like the worst guy to be like. I don't know. Somebody was interviewing me in a magazine about being a drummer. I, I don't do the things I think that drummers do. I feel the same no. way, man. I don't have perfectly tuned things. I don't. Don't feel bad. I don't play the same gear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just. The thing is with me, I'm. I'm never satisfied. I say that. Yeah. Me because too. I have a lot of drums. If you've seen, you, I think you've seen my full kit before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's seen my, I got like a shitload of drums. <laughs> so I got options. So I could be watching this person one day and be like, yo, I like that setup. Let me try that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Different feel to come out. And then I get bored with it. I'm like, okay, let me go back to this. Let me try this way. I switch it up, move it this way, get a different feel out of it. It'll bring different different ideas. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that I've learned throughout the years because 
going to different churches, different churches, going to different gigs or whatever the case may be, and watching other drummers because every drummer is completely different in what they do setup wise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like with me, my tums, my 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 tums may change, but my cymbals stay the same. I got a, a two crashes, a china, and a ride for the most part. I may throw in some other things as accents as far as yeah, it's the same for me. As far as like, like chinas and extra hats and whatever the case may Flashes. be, but yeah, but for the most part, I got two big crashes, a big ass china, and a ride, and my yeah. hats. Yeah, and yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. But my stuff's all on the platform. Yeah. So I just boof, boof. You know, that's two people move so it in the place, two people move it out. I need to get like that, though. It's just because of the festival shows, man. If, if you're in a band and you want to play your full set, you can't have your drummer setting up their drums on stage when it's your time to be playing. You know what I yeah. mean? You miss out on songs or, you know, if you got a stickler to the, the rules, they're not going to let you carry over into the next person's set. Yeah. So no. you're going to screw your band over. By not being ready, you know, um, you know, there's not many drummers in the scene that I know that do that. You know what I mean? Which is cool, and everybody helps everybody. Yeah, and that's great. But me, I gotta unload my shit by myself at night when I'm done with the gig. Yeah. So I needed to make it so I could do it by myself. You know, without making a hundred trips. You know, so that's that's why I did what I did. See, I uh, man, I can't avoid making a hundred trips. Yeah, that's why some, sometimes I hate to say I'll leave my shit in my car. Yeah, I leave it in the car. Oh man, I live in a bad neighborhood, so that's not an option. Uh, luckily, I, I, I mean, I live in a shit neighborhood, but I have a gate, so it's like my car is parked inside my gate. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a shit gate, but people are intimidated by a gate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess you know, it's like. I could steal his stuff, but I gotta go all the way in his gate. It's too much work. Yeah, (laughs) if it was out here, then maybe. See, the funny thing is, I I accidentally made my stuff easier to steal. How? Because all they gotta do is break into whatever vehicle it's in. Yeah, just just wheel it all out. Yeah, that's true. uh, Yeah. Yeah, no. If you want to steal my drum set, motherfucker, you're gonna work for it. (laughs) Yeah, same with me. (laughs) You're gonna take some trips, bro. I'm I'm just hoping to look at it and go, oh, that thing's a piece of crap. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I need uh, to upgrade for sure, but I mean, really expensive. What kind of kit do you? Have? I mean, is it just like a Frankenstein uh, kit? Or? I mean, I I don't want to you know name names, but I play D drums. Yeah, I like them. I like D drums too, man. And, yeah, and they sound good. They sound big, but they're 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 not really you know deep. I mean, the bass drums are are deep, you know, and and that's cool, but. The freaking light. Like, that whole rig that I have is maybe 120 pounds. You know, a whole entire drum set. That's you know, crazy. rack and everything. So, it's like, I love it. So, I want to play D drums again. There's a new kit that I saw that I want to get. It's like 800 bucks. It's a double bass kit with three rack toms and a floor tom and a snare. But I don't need the snare because I use a Gretsch 12-inch snare, you know, and I love it. Because I crank yeah. the shit out of it and it's loud. So how um, like how much did you did you get that that Gretsch for? The Gretsch I the got snare. for hundred bucks. See where are you guys getting these fucking deals on these snares, <laughs> At, uh, man? Uh, Resurrection drums. I go to Res, man. So yep. maybe I'll check That's them out. For, Dude, for, you got it. Was actually a limited edition. Yeah, what? you got to hunt around for snares. You got to hunt. You got to. Is hunt. it and you can use any fucking snare you want? Pretty much. Pretty much. I like a twelve inch because that way my legs don't have to be spread way apart when I'm trying to double bass. My thing is. I, when it comes to snares, think of the sound that you want, and then go to a guitar's yeah. guitar center or something like that, and just test them. Because that's how I do them. Before I buy a snare, 
I was like, okay, let me go see if I like this. I go see if I can find something close to it. Tap it a few times, mess with the tuning, tighten it up, see if it get the, the crack that I want out of it, or drop the tune on it to see if it'll give me the fast body sound that I may be using it for, and then save up and go back and buy that snare. You feel me? Yeah. Okay. Um, or if I got the money at the time, just get it right there. Yeah. But the, the, I go to for my snares, I go to a couple places, like music store wise. Like the one that's been the spot for me recently was a spot in Fort Lauderdale called MAE. Oh, Never man. heard of that. I've yeah. been there before. They they have for two hundred bucks they have some of the best snares because he has stuff that you won't see in a guitar center. Where is that? I mean, you said Fort Lauderdale, but like around what area? Off of, um Fort Lauderdale and Davy Road, if I'm not mistaken. That's not far. Yeah, I work I in Davy. Long time, so I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. M A E. What's that stand for? Music Artist Entertainment or Enterprise or something like that. I'm gonna have to Google them or some shit, but I mean, if yeah. they got, what is it that they have that that you wouldn't be able to find at like a guitar center or something, like you vintage my, shit? You see my 12 inch snare that yeah. I have? I got it from them. Remember the green and black snare that I used to have? No. It was a green and black crush mm-hmm. snare that I used to have. It was Ashwood, like oh, okay. 13 by 13 by seven. I love that fucking snare. It sucks that the shell warped on me. That's why I took it apart. But I got that from there under 200 bucks. Both of those snares were under 200 bucks. Damn. Yeah, because places like Guitar Center have incentive to sell whatever they're selling. Yeah. So, you know, I guess you would call it like boutique instruments, you know what I mean? Like like the Me Too instruments, you know? Yeah. Like when, you, when you go to like an aftermarket place like Resurrection Drums or MAE, they're not obligated to sell you, um, you know, the boutique stuff that everybody wants, you know? They, they yeah. can sell you what's actually good that yeah. maybe nobody knows they want, but they need it. Yeah. Right. That that's actually where I got my uh, crash. I got a um I had a crash crack on me um before a gig, and so I went to res to get a new one, and uh, I got a like a vintage Zildjian or whatever how the fuck you say that. Yep, yep. Uh, but it was it's nice as fuck, dude. It's like a, a medium crash, but it's super thick. Like I I think they just made cymbals better back then, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's because I I mean a cymbal that I get uh today will crack on me in like a year, whereas this cymbal's been around since the fucking sixties. And it hasn't cracked, right? And it's mainly probably because it's used by a lot of jazz drummers or yeah. a lot of people who aren't playing shit that I'm playing. But still, I don't beat the shit out of it either because I want it to last. Exactly. And I love the sound off of it, man. It's like, it's such a dope crash. Do you guys have a favorite brand? As far as cymbals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, we're on that. Mm-hmm. I'm just all on sound. And I'm, I'm a cheap drummer. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap Me drummer. Me too. Wuhan. <laughs> Dude, I love Wuhan Chinas. Dude, no, I they're too good for Wuhan. Best. What? The little one, the twelve inch. Yeah, yeah. Love that what thing. are the like fifty bucks or some Dude, shit? If I was able to get endorsed by Wuhan, like I would try to get endorsed by them. The only thing that sucks about Wuhan Chinas for me is because they are handmade. None of them sound the same. Yeah. So you gotta, if you can get a chance to go to like a store that has a bunch of them, you gotta really hit them just to find the one that that fits you. If you don't, you're just gonna grab a random symbol and it may sound like garbage as opposed yeah. to the one before that you had thinking that it was going to sound the same but nah that's Thank the you. only thing I hate about Wuhan thing but, is you gotta remember what the symbol sounds like in yeah. your kit and then you gotta go play the symbol by itself without your kit yeah. and then hope that that memory you have will blend back into your kit Yeah. cause when you get back to your kit and you play it you're like oh man this thing's too bright or it's too dark or yeah. it's too whatever you know and that's another thing Yeah, you gotta make sure your symbols are they harmonize with each other. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big deal. Like, you can't really mismatch symbols, you know what I mean? You can't put 
like handmade symbols with uh, like machine made symbols. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I mean you can, but if you have only a little bit of symbols, it's not really cool because you know this they don't sound the same. Yeah, if you got matters. like twenty five symbols, then it doesn't matter. You know, because yeah. because you want that different sound. You know, but it's it's like you know with everything, it's it's like tuning. You know, you want this symbol to be a little bit higher than this symbol. And China's got to pop out everything. Yeah, that no, nah, I never thought of it that way. I mean, I not. I mean, all my symbols match at the moment, except yeah. for my splash. I don't think splashes. You know, no, really splashes matter. are just accents. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like right now, all of them are Zildjian. I think just by um coincidence, though. Yeah. And they all kind of match up, dude. I don't know if brand has to do with it, but uh, like the China and the Crash, I got separate. Like I yeah. played them at the store. I was like, fuck it, hope this works out. You know what I mean? Yep. And it actually en- ended up working out, or maybe I'm just not picky. I don't know. I mean, how often have you guys seen me play? Do my symbols sound weird? Uh, nah, to be honest with you, I, I've only paid attention to you guys playing once, which was just recently. Uh-huh. And I've seen you guys a couple times, you know, but places like Churchill's where it's just loud. You can't yeah. really yeah, tell, you can't really you know? distinguish them. So it's, it's, I mean, I guess the fact that it hasn't stood out, I guess that's a good thing for you, you know? Yeah, I mean, because if yeah. it's set out, it's either really good or really garbage. Like, yeah. You know, nobody's going to walk by and go, oh, my God, why is he playing that symbol? This thing's crap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that happens. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I mean, as far as you, I know you beat the shit out of your symbols. I mean, how do you go about, <laughs> when do you decide that a symbol is officially retired, dude? Because I see you beating on fucking half symbols sometimes, bro. I mean, <laughs> it just depends on when the money's there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll retire this when I can actually afford a new one. I mean, yeah, but I put, dude, I be putting symbols on layaway, at the, uh, symbols at a time and on layaway. So one may be getting beat the hell out of for for a couple months or so. Once once I feel like it's a dead symbol, like it has no no resonance or no tone or anything like that, then I go shopping for another symbols. Um. Do you, do you guys think it's more worth it to sit there and find your sound symbol by symbol or if there's an actual value in getting just the fucking symbol pack that it already all matches up basically my, my last set of symbols my last three sets of symbols have been packs you know and I got lucky again at Resurrection Guilds because they had like a, a two uh, three crashes a hi-hats uh, it came with a splash and um it was a big kit for like you know they wanted you know label seven hundred dollars, but the guy didn't know he had the symbols there and it was old like it was like an old uh, model Sabian symbol set. Right. So, uh, I mean, there's a story behind what they are, but it, it's I don't know if I need to get into that because it's kind of a long story. Who cares, dude? But, Do um, it. <laughs> I like Sabian. Sabians were the original. That was yeah. one of the first symbol packs I got. Well, I yeah, mean, I if, that was the first symbol I had of Sabian. They're the same family. Like I found yeah. this out. Sabian and Zildjian are the same family. Well, they I thought they were the biggest rivals. <laughs> no, that's why they're the biggest rivals. I thought like Tom and Pearl, you know, or something it, like that. But they're like brothers, the or whatever. Like, wow. like it's, it's two brothers. You know, that <laughs> one runs Zildjian and one runs Sabian. Really, yeah. brothers? I, mean, I don't know yeah. the exact what story. What the fuck? But this, this is what this guy told me. This is some me. deep drummer shit, bro. It, it, yeah. Well, let me tell you, I got that pack of symbols. Okay. Seven hundred dollars was on the thing. He sold them to me for four hundred fifty bucks. Damn. Yeah, brand new awesome symbols bro when I played those symbols I I almost busted a nut because <laughs> I I'm not a fan of symbols oh, like fuck my off. thing is I like love some symbols sound like like very tinny trash canny sounding yeah. symbols I like the symbols that when you hit them they just sizzle 
Yeah. You know, it's like it's like instant and not bang. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you know how some symbols have like that metal sound to them? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the cheaper like miles. a tin can. Yeah. 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 Like it's almost like you're bending a spring in some weird way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, those symbols, I fell in love and uh, I cracked one. Oh, okay. Let me tell you something. I was getting these drumsticks at, at a place down in, in Homestead, um, the music store. Good drumsticks, cheap. Two bucks a pair. You know, so I'd buy like freaking 20 pairs and I'd have them forever because yeah. they don't break, you know? Fuck yeah. But when I moved back up to Fort Lauderdale, or when I moved to Fort Lauderdale, I was on my last like four pairs of sticks and I broke them. I was Damn. like, shit, I need sticks. And mind you, I've had this cymbal set for three years and I haven't cracked one, right? I'm like, hell yeah, you know, and I, I play pretty hard, you know, yeah. I'm not like this guy, but, you know, I beat the shit out of some cymbals, and I play in a lot of bands, so I play a lot. Yeah. So it's like, I crack, I, I go to Resurrection, I get some, some uh, sticks, I get Vic Firth, you know, I'm like, fuck it, I'll get them, you know. Yeah, cool. that's what I play. Bro, two weeks later, I crack a cymbal. Oh. I'm like, son of a bitch, right? You think so, it's the, the Vicks? I swear it's the Vicks. Because I'm playing with these these sticks, no name brand sticks, for three years, and I haven't cracked one cymbal. And then I get a pair of Vicks, and boof, broken cymbal. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I go, right? And I go, and I, and this is how I found out about the brother's story. I go, and um, I go to Resurrection. I'm like, look, I need a cymbal like this, that sounds like this. And I played it for him, even though it was cracked. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. He had a set of Sabians. And apparently when... Um, uh, endorsees get symbols and they don't use them and they send them back to Sabian well Sabian can't sell them as, as new symbols yeah and oh. they, they don't want to sell them as used so what they do is they put this grinder on them and they grind them and make them all like fucked up looking and then they sell them as a certain kind of symbol yeah that's how yeah. it is that's, that's my fucked yeah. up one now bro that symbol was like the top of the line AX or whatever whatever the yeah. top of the line symbol is. It was like a five hundred dollar crash symbol. The guy gave it to me for one hundred and fifteen bucks. Yeah, because they did that shit to it. It still says Sabian on it. It says whatever else on it. That symbol sounds the fucking best I've ever heard a symbol in my life. Yeah, I got one I'm of those like, symbols. Whoa! The but I told the guy about the sticks and he didn't believe me. He's like, "No, nah, it can't be the sticks." I said, "It's the sticks, man." I said, "There's no way." It might be the type of wood or the sticks. Yeah, exactly. Fuck, man. So I, I need to find this stick company, and I need to freaking get endorsed by them so I don't break no more symbols. Cause, uh, it's crazy, dude, symbols. that you mentioned that, because I play Vic Firth, and mm -hmm. I got my my new my Gretsch kit in, like, uh, I think February of last year. Oh, wow. Right? So, and it came with symbols. It came with Planet Zs or whatever. Okay. Uh, which, you know, whatever, beginning, but fuck it. came value, bro. It came with yeah. symbols. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I had a crack crash at the time, so I was like, fuck it. And then, uh, I mean, so I've had the kit for a little over a year, and recently one of the crashes, one of the Planet Z's cracked, bro. Wow. And it's like, I've had the symbols for barely a year, and, and they already, one of them already cracked on me, man. Yeah, yeah. I think it was my 14. Okay. I didn't have 14 and 16. Or 16 and 18. So I think it was oh, the 16 wow. that okay. crashed. Uh, but it's like, fuck, man. Like, I just got these. And... I should have got the fucking insurance on it because mm -hmm. he told me he's like yo if you get the insurance on it even if one of the symbols cracked they'll gift you a whole new set of symbols wow. and I was like nah I'm good bro oh man yeah yeah I didn't expect it to crack so fast mm -hmm. but that's just fucking that, you know sometimes it happens that way so now I'm yeah. shopping for a fucking crash symbol because it sounds like garbage like it doesn't ring 
That's that's when I go buy another symbols when my symbols, when my symbols start sounding like that. Yeah, when it's flat. Yeah. Then you gotta get a new one. There's but no choice. The 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 symbols that you talk about at Res, they those are actually some pretty decent symbols because they are. They they would they actually went into some type of history not history with me but kind of the process of them like he said yeah. they're recycled symbols. Yeah. So what is it that they do to them? They just like you said it looks like you just put a grinder to them. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. that, that, that they have like that black coat like that kind of goes no. around. No, no, it no. Just, it looks rough. Right, right. Like I, I don't mean black. It's like, like if it was like... glossy and then they just ground the gloss off. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like it's sprinkled in diamond dust. Like it's yeah, cool looking. Like so, that's the one thing. They're cool looking and they sound good. Yeah, like really good. Like better than the other symbols that I already had. Yeah, like the symbol sounded exactly like my symbol. Like because he played it, he's like, oh yeah, I know a symbol that sounds like that, and he hit it. And I was like, oh shit, sounds just like it. And I hit mine and I hit that. Except that one, super bright and, and like, wow, you know, like like freaking, like a flash of lightning, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yes. Fuck. Yes. Uh, See, so he got lucky. I would have paid $300, bro, for you that got, symbol. But literally. you got lucky. When I went there, I hit all the symbols till I had to find the right one because mm. they're not the same symbol. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they're all different makes of symbols. So you, it's like the Wuhan situation. Okay. That's too dark. Ding. That's too bright. That's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't know what to look for. always $400. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I never understand what to look for for me. I, I'm not, I've never been one to understand the dynamics and go deep on, you know, like brightness and darkness and this, that, and the third. I, it's just never something that I like to, I, what is it, drum philosophy, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know what to look for. You know Tone, what I mean? Tonality. I don't know. It's, it's, most it's, of it's tonality. It's, it's finding stuff that you like. If you hit it, like, yo, I like that sound. Yeah. It's, but that's it's, just like, for me, that's just yeah. like a preference. I don't, yeah, but I don't necessarily. Like, if I hit something and I like how it sounds, I wouldn't be able to tell you, like, oh, I like it because it's a nice, bright sound that complements the rest of my. I'd be like, yeah, I just like how that shit sounds. Yeah, but see, but subconsciously, no. Yeah. Like, in your head, you're like, that's the right sound. Yeah. Because I'm sure you've hit cymbals or drums or anything and been like, why does this guy play like this? It sounds stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I try not to put other drummers down, but low-key in my head I do. <laughs> yeah, I do it. It's a, it's a subconscious thing. We do it without thinking about doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy plays with the springs on the cymbals. Yeah. I used to do that. That drives me fucking nuts because the cymbal's never there when you want to hit it. Again. Yeah, it's it always swinging. You know, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't get how you do that either. It, it took practice. But the reason why... Why is it, it that you like doing that? Yeah, please. The reason why I do it because it kind of disperses some of the energy from the impact, mm. so my symbols last a little longer. That's the only reason why I'm doing it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But they they didn't come out with a stand that was that had like shock absorbers and da da da. But it was like a million bucks for them. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna do that. There's no point. I just go and get the springs and call it a day. How did you find out about the the spring setup? I'd never seen that till I saw you do it. Um, I seen somebody on YouTube with him. Uh, I know one of the dudes that really got me hooked on him, that really got me into him was the dude, um, the first Megadeth drummer, Nick Mensa. Nick Mensa? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rest you, in peace, Nick Mensa, yeah. bro. If you watch his old drum cam videos, how he has the symbols um, hanging, they're actually all on springs. Yeah. Damn, dude. I don't, I, but there's he too much like movement. But he has five of the same symbols, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, so he could hit. So, yeah. 
So he can make it hit here, make it hit there with no issues. Yeah. yeah. See, well, that means that that kind of it's kind of implied with the springs that you're gonna get some movement on them. Oh, yeah, of course. But they also got um, different tensions for the springs too. Like, I, you got the red one and you got the the yellow ones, the yellow springs. The yellow springs are a little stiffer. I use those on my chinas. The ones that are, the my, my crashes are a little floppy. Mm-hmm. It's probably about time for me to change them. But they 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 give a little more wobble, should I say? Okay. I, I wanted to ask, man. Some something that I have, I've had problems with since I started playing double kicks, bro. Is having the double kick slide on me, and then like oh. collide with the with the one of the legs from the hi hat or something, and then get stuck. Velcro. Velcro. That's what I was. I just I saw a video today, and I saw that it was recommended that I take the rubber off and put Velcro instead yeah. because yeah. you're playing on a carpet anyway. Yeah. The rubber doesn't really do much. Exactly. So I wanted to ask how you guys set up your double kick so that you don't have that issue because at least once a gig I'll have that fucking issue, bro, and it's terrible. Um, I've always played with two kicks, so I never really had the issue. Oh, that's right. You, um, ah, you lucky fucks. But uh, no, I've had I played with single kicks. Yeah. <laughs> so I know. I've had I have that issue at practice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have the issue at practice because I can't bring my drum set because I ride a motorcycle. Yeah. So I got to play the house kit, whatever the practice space offers. And uh, yeah, I do have Velcro on my pedals, but for some reason, the practice space um, decided to put some kind of rug that the Velcro won't stick to. Yeah. So I'm like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. That happens. Stoma Studios. <laughs> so I'm like, come on, man, Victor. That so, happened. Uh, that happened. I love that place, by the way, Stoma Studios. Yeah, shout out to them, bro. Uh, that happened to me at um, what you call it, Music Turista. Oh, you practice. They had some. The carpet was extra fluffy for some reason. <laughs> I like that shag carpet. Shag carpet. Close to it, but not. Not that. Yeah, I got you. So I went to go stick my pedals on it. I'm like, yeah, that's not working. Yo. Like I literally went to go take a hit, uh, take a kick at the pedals. Yeah. And the pedal slid. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is gonna this suck. This gonna be a great practice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to put a brick in front of the pedal. Sometimes or, you just gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, but I'm glad that I'm not the only fucking person that deals with this. Yeah, issue. I mean, anybody that uses a double pedal on a single kick, the slave pedal has the problem. Yeah. yeah. Until well, you modify it and get the fucking velcro, I guess. But even me with my double kicks before I put it on the platform, I would have to zip tie the bass drums to the rack, so the, the drums the would bass drum away. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. drum would slide away. Because again, they're light. You know? The drums are light. But they sound good, so I'm like, screw it, you know, I'll, I'll suffer. And I, I discovered zip ties, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I know what zip ties are, but I didn't know they could be used for that purpose. So is that just basically what you guys do? You just tie the shit together and Velcro it down because Velcro it you've down. never found, like, some kind of light positioning from the bass drum that'll hold it in place or well, any solution that doesn't require having a rack? I mean, I you, rack. You, you, could, uh, you could get a bungee cord to your stool. Yeah, it's just, that just... Uh, that yeah. just sounds like an accident when it happens. No, no, it works. Just, it works. Not, the only thing is works. getting out of it. You got to remember that you have it there because you will trip yeah. once you stand up and try to walk. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done that. My what? uncle, my uncle who's a drummer, <laughs> because that's what he did because they never had rugs when he, whenever they would go out to, to um, perform or whatever. They never had rugs. So they had a, a rope that was tied to the bass drum to the seat. Yep. Tied oh, to what on the bass drum? The lugs. To the lugs or the yeah, legs. Or... Oh, the tension rods. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yep. you wrap around the tension rods, 
and wrap the rope around the stool and find the right distance that you want. And you didn't have to worry about it moving because you are anchoring it down. Yeah. The only thing is you may catch it going moving from side yeah. to side, <laughs> but as far as walking away from you, nah. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that, that's never been a method that I heard of uh, growing up, like, because I'd always had that issue, but I'd never heard of that method tying something to the stool, but, or the throne. Yeah, you said it. You said it. No, but uh, yeah. so so there's no. I mean, you have a double, um, two fucking bass drums, so you don't worry about it yeah. live. But do you ever do? You, do you play mostly with your two bass drums out now, Joe, or do you use one? Depends on the venues. Okay. Or depends on where we're going. Like when we went up to Fort Myers, I only took one because of space. Oh yeah, it's a pretty small stage. Yeah. Well, no, not because of the small stage, but our traveling, the way how we travel, we didn't have yeah, no yeah. space. Um. So, is there a specific way that you set up your double uh, bass pedals live, other than the Velcro, or the Velcro has been the best solution for you? The Velcro has been the best solution for me. I mean, because most of the pedals I had, they had the little spikes on them. Yeah. And so I would screw them all the way down. All the way down. And they would still slide. But my issue would be, once they started sliding, they would get caught on the on one of the the tuning tuning tension rods. So the bar will actually stick, so the, the slave pedal wouldn't move. Yeah, yeah, no, I've had the same issue. So you're trying to double bass. And <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there. Or it goes up into the hi hat. Yeah, and you know, it's like, oh man. Dude, I, I've literally had uh, it. The, there's like a, I have the the demonators, the pearls, mm-hmm. and it has like the, the you know the orange, like it has like that orange kind of like outline on the chain on the slave pedal. Yeah, like it's like a plastic. Mm-hmm. I've I, it's hit hit the hi hat uh, pedal. And it's like shaved it. Oh wow! Like shaved it down a bit. Wow. So one of them is like a bit shaved down, just because of, of the friction from the hi hat. Yeah. And yep. it's just I'm, I've been trying to figure out how to avoid that, and I guess I have to do the velcro. Either yeah. that, or I got lucky with my first kit. I got like a bunch of pro, like pro level equipment, or like hardware. So my pearl hi hat standard legs actually swivel. Yeah, my, yeah. So I can turn the legs to where the one leg is like ninety degrees with with the the pedals. Uh, so it, it stops. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it frees it up because the, you don't have to put the hi hat stand over the pedal or under the or under the under the hi hat leg. Yeah, I hate that. When I practice, I gotta do that. I gotta yeah. put the hi hat stand over the pedal. Then I only got half a pedal to work with. Yeah. yeah and I'm sorry. trying to do what I do yeah. and. I don't really have a fancy, fast double basing technique, but my foot tends to move a little bit on the pedal, yeah. and then when there's something in the way, it's annoying. Yeah, it's really annoying. It's yeah, like, and it sucks. You don't want to ruin the flow of the song. You don't want to yeah, stop exactly over exactly. some stupid shit like, guys, I just my foot, you know. Yeah. But sometimes it, it I mean, fuck, like yesterday during practice, bro, my foot started cramping up, dude, just because. Oh the, yeah. It, my bass drum was sliding, bro. And it was all, I was in an awkward position, yeah. still trying to keep the same tempo and trying to not ruin the flow of the song. But when you're not in the right, when you don't have the right posture, or you know your legs hyper extend, like uh-huh. it, you know farther out than it should be because the bass drum sliding or the slave pedal sliding, yeah, you're gonna fuck something up. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but you know, practice is fun. We're actually working on incorporating some new uh, light show aspects awesome. into our thing. Um, with macronium, dude, how do you guys 
do the, the, the light bulbs, dude? Is that like a trade secret or what? Uh, I mean, that's Joe. You know, it's, it's all Joe. Macronium show is all Joe. You know what I mean? Like, we dress up, you know, to go with the show. But that's, that's his baby. You know, he, he created it, you know, from when he was doing it with the other two guys. And um, I guess, I don't know if he's talked about it. He comes from, like, a backyard wrestling kind of yeah. I saw pictures, man. I just so, been. I haven't. I haven't. I never asked him about it on the podcast. So yeah, that's how him and Jarzino hooked up. If I'm not mistaken, because that's yeah, what he yeah, said yeah. on the podcast, yeah. isn't it? I think. I think that's what it was. But that's kind of. He wants to bring that kind of aspect to a live rock show. You know. Well, that's. And I a, love it because I love wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the first vibe that I got when I saw him smash the light tube was ECW. Yep, yeah. Yep. You exactly. Oh yeah. man, back, did you? Uh, were you a big ECW fan? I mean, not really ECW. I was always WWF, you know, because I'm I'm like you know a, a basic bitch. But <laughs> uh, you know, ECW ECW to me just seemed a little bit cheesy. Yeah. Like, WWF was more of a show, and and ECW was kind of cheesy to me. You know, what I, mean? I don't know, even man. though it was, it was more hardcore, real. Man. It was hardcore, but I don't know, man. I just kind of. I I feel. WWF? When I freaking play, like, on a stage and I come out and I wet my hair and I get ready to do the windmill and all that shit, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going through the curtain oh, getting ready yeah, to do okay. a show, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I feel a little bit like The Undertaker. I feel a little bit like, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know what I mean? Like, because that's how I talk, you know? I'm, not, I'm kind of a shy dude. I don't really talk much. But that's how I express myself, you know, drums. Exactly. With the drums, okay. So, you know, and I guess that's how Joe expresses himself, you know, because... I mean, he's a talker, but he's a little bit kind of humble too, you know, Joe. And yeah, I love Joe, man. He's an awesome guy. It was first seeing with Cronium, he was a really intimidating person to go up and talk to. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I was like, "Fucking man, I'll go up and kind of buy a shirt." Mm-hmm. And he was just he was fucking coolest fucking dude that you could ever yeah. imagine, man. Exactly. And it's crazy because Macronium is like a lot of people like Macronium. A lot of people know who Macronium are right now in the scene. It's super easy to get an ego about you. True here, especially yeah. Miami. Everyone's trying to up one, you know, or one up the next person. And he, like, he's humble as fuck, man. You know, he loves coming to the show. He loves talking shit. He loves hanging yeah. out. He's just an awesome person, man. Yeah. That, that's the one thing that I love about playing shows with all these people is meeting fucking you guys. You know, everyone, yeah. man. I've met. It's like a whole community of fucking people. That's dude. It's become a huge ass fucking family. Yeah, it really has. Exactly. It's become a huge family. I, it, it, I never imagined that it would be like this. I thought it would be more cutthroat, you know. Yeah, I was hoping it wasn't cutthroat. Dude, oh, so that, that's one of the things that 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 brought Pixel because Pixel like, yo, I've never seen this much love in a group of people like this because yeah. Pixel came from hip hop and Pixel like, yo, everybody's hating on each other, talking shit to each other, whatever the case may be, or talking shit about each other. Yeah. Also, he took him to I think it was Kryptonite was his first show. Yeah. And he was like, damn, bro, this is a whole other world. Yeah, that's one thing I try to do. Like, I try to bring people outside the metal scene into the metal scene just so they don't be scared of the metal scene because a lot of people are like, man, that's, that's, that's crazy. How do you, like, for me, people like, when I tell people I play metal music, I get the craziest faces ever. Oh, I'm sure, man. <laughs> they're like, that's play, the devil's music, bro. Yeah, yeah. they're like, you do what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then it's like, how? How do you do? That takes a lot of work. I'm like, yeah, just practice. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what do you get out of it? I was like, dude, I just love to beat hard, and I can hit hard as I want, and people praise me for doing it. You yep. know what I'm saying? And that's that's an expression of me, that music. 
There, there's um, I can't think of a better stress reliever, bro. There's yeah. Just, you can work out. You can rub one out. You can fuck. <laughs> or you can play the drums. Exactly. Play the drums. And they they come through at some crucial times. I mean, when when no one else is there, goddamn it, the drums are. They were. Yeah. I can honestly say that. Like when when my dad passed, um, a few years back. Yeah. Dude, my drums were my baby. Like I literally had my kit set up, and my cause I was standing with my mom at the time. I had my kit set up in the living room, and I literally played on my drums for like three days straight. I I would stop to take a break, go to sleep. Go back and play drums. I put music on just to get lost so I wouldn't think about the situation. My drum, that was my therapy. I promise you. I boohoo cried on them. I snot, just <laughs> running, bashing cymbals, praying I didn't break one. But they were, it was so therapeutic for me during that time. And then it helped. It didn't help the fact that my dad helped me get the kit. You oh, feel me? Man. So it was like, damn. I get uh, the, I gotta hold on. I get this to hold on to. Granted, I'm losing you, but shit. You know, like, you you still yeah. gave me this. That's crazy, that. and that, that's actually that, almost like a way to connect with him. You know, in a way. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I mean, for me, it was a, uh, um, uh, yeah. When I was in high school, um, that was when I kind of like really started. Like I started playing drums when I was 12, but in high school it was like I kind of let it go for a little bit in middle school, and then. High school, it really is like, yo, man, I can start a band and shit. The talent show's coming up. Like, let me actually work on this shit. And so, uh, my mom was with this dude at the time who I didn't really, I wasn't a fan of. And so, I just have the drums at, uh, set up. And so, after school, I would come and play every day, but I just kind of knew it bothered the fuck out of me. Yeah. So, I'll just make sure to leave the door open in the room that I had the kid in, play extra loud, or I would just work on my kick pedal. So, I'm, today is double kick day. And I would sit there and just double kick for like half an hour straight. Just until <laughs> he left. You know, which one came first? Um, and then I went when I had a breakup recently, and then I mean, just fucking went home, got drunk, and played the drums, dude, beat the fuck out of the china, <laughs> yeah, just did breakdowns for like yeah. half an hour, you know? uh, yeah. It's oh man, I love yeah, um, it's therapeutic as hell because you could beat the fuck out of them, dude. <laughs> yep. It's like man, it's like a punching bag almost. Yeah. But like, if you actually know combos, because you know, I'm a punching bag, I'll do like a little one two, and yeah. just, that's it. Yeah. When you know what the fuck you're doing, man, it's so dope. Or like that moment when you you play something that you thought like was impossible for you to play a couple years back. Yeah. For me, it was Avenged Sevenfold, dude. Like pl- playing Nightmare or Backcountry or Beast in the Harlot, shit yeah. like that. Wow. When I was first starting out, I was like, I'll never play that shit. Get out of here. You know what I mean? The ref, that guy's too good. Yeah. And it's like now, it's like wow, I'm actually maturing and developing, and people are giving me props and stuff. And yeah. There's no better feeling than that, bro. When when you that, there was one that we we played a set at, at Churchill's. And you came up to me like, dude, you're double bass warrior, this, that, and the third. And it just, man, I was like elated. Because, I mean, you're an amazing drummer. Both of you guys are amazing drummers. And to me, getting compliments from someone who I think is levels above or just like one of the best in the scene is like, it meant a lot. So it's sick to, to see the progression, you know? Yeah. How long have you guys been playing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's Just that's the way how to respond to that. I mean, shit. Okay, twelve. I mean, so I get nine. You want to go first or me go first? Wow, nine years. Go ahead, Joe. You got okay. It. So this is how so I started. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I was no. I was, but the thing is, I wasn't double basing at first. Oh. I wasn't double basing at all. Me either, man. Um, yeah, the single foot double bass. <laughs> <laughs> for real, I was known for that. Like literally on the gospel scene, I was known for that. They were like, "Yo, your foot is disgusting." I was like, "That's awesome." Now you got that John Bonham foot, Ooh. Dude, I had 
at the time I had to motherfucker does triplets with one foot. Yeah. Dude, I was like that, dude. I was literally at one point when I was practicing single foot before I got into double bass, I was able to buzz my foot, do like a buzz roll on my foot. Fuck off, dude. But crazy. I can't do it now. You know uh, what I'm saying? But I was practicing like every day. I was practicing like six hours out of the day in high school trying to get that down. You know what I'm saying? And I purposely would switch up the tension on my pedals to actually to actually work out my calves to, to get it. Yeah. And then I would wow. loosen it back up, almost like you was playing with weights. I used to play with ankle weights, dude. Yeah. Yep, yep. I oh, man, you guys know those days. Huh? Yeah. That, that was when I would come home from high school, dude. But yeah, dude, I mean, but to say how long I've been playing, I came out banging on the piano first, and they thought I was going to play piano, then they put some pencils in my hand. And then I was like, nah, he's going to be a drummer. So from day one, I've been playing. For real? Yeah. I didn't have no rhythm or nothing like that, but I've been playing. Of course, playing. who does at first? Me, as far back as I can remember, I've, yeah. I've not been a drummer, but I've I've tapped on tables and desks, yeah. and beat on pots and pans. I don't know, I'm not saying yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. But like I mean, that's the roots. I think every drummer did that. Inherently in me. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it's just there, and I really, really, really became a drummer. Actually, when I graduated high school, when I, when I was in, you know, 19 years old, and uh. Yeah. 1994. Holy shit! I was, so, I was not. Great way to tell you age. 20 years ago, man. Yeah, 20, 22 years ago, I started playing. That's you know, great. Yeah, uh, my first band was a metal band. Like all my bands have pretty much been metal. Um, first band I was ever in. I never played a drum set in my life, but I used to watch them play all the time. And uh, their drummer couldn't make it to practice one day, and they were like, "Oh man, we can't practice. We need a drummer." I'm like, "Well, I could drum." Yeah, I, I didn't know how to drum. I didn't yeah. know shit. But all all I had in my head, bro, my favorite drummer at the time, and the reason why I wanted to play drums, um, is is a uh, Slayer Black Magic. Fuck yeah! Like you know, when I heard that song, I said, "That's what I want to do." You know what I mean? And I know it came out in like eighty something or whatever. But the funny thing is, I was in the hip hop then. In the nineties, because my 80s? dad used to make me listen to country music. So <laughs> yeah. I was that kid. You want to rebel? That rebelled. And I, I was to that hip-hop. same kid. I was you that know, same kid. I, I listen to hip hop. I freaking good. I still love hip hop, man. Freaking Run DMC Hell and yeah. all the good shit. But when I first heard the first metal music I ever heard was Ozzy Osbourne, uh, uh, "Bark at the Moon." Was, That's oh, this song. is cool. So I went to go buy the album. Well, when I went to go buy the album, I saw I used to draw pentagrams all the time. I, at Walmart, you know, Walmart just opened up and it was like, you know, not like Walmart now. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, cool, there's this new store that opened up. I go to Walmart, I'm looking for tapes, you know, not CDs, tapes. <laughs> and, and I see this tape with this pentagram on it, with this eagle looking thing. Oh, I'm like, shit. yo, I need that. Show no mercy. And then like from there, like I bought a drum set after I jammed with these guys. All I could play was the Slayer beat. Da, 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 da. That's all I could do for like 20 songs. We did that. And they were like, dude, you got to learn a new beat. <laughs> so whatever. Shit. All right. Step two. I went yeah. and I bought a drum set for 50 bucks off of this guy. How and the it, fuck? It what was crazy because, that, oh man, uh, the drum set had to be like a, probably like a 50s something drum set. Dude, the lugs, you didn't even tune it. It was like these clips. That you just clip it onto the head and flip it back and it holds the head up. Like it wasn't even like tunable looks. 
Wow. And I don't remember what the hell it was called. You just clipped them? You did, yeah, it was like, 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 you know how like ski boots have like the thing where you lock yeah, it on yeah, and then you yeah, clip it? Yeah. Well, that's how these drums, that's how you put the heads on. Wow. And it was like a five piece little drum set, you know? Dude, I had a, a speaker, a horn that I stole from school off the wall. <laughs> like a, one of those uh, monitor things where, hey, get yeah. to your class. And I freaking took that shit, that was a bell. And I had like trash can lids and shit for cymbals. Holy shit. I did that. I beat the shit out of that drum set for like three months. And you know what? And I listened to music. And I listened to songs that I wanted to do, you know. And, and I wasn't double basing because I only had a single pedal. But, um, but yeah, I went back to that. Bit. Well, I, I was on and off with the band, you know. And then I just got to doing it. And, and I, I found my groove. And I really, I, I never worked on my hands. That's my only regret. Because all I ever wanted to do was be, like, the fastest double bass player ever, you know. And I'm, I'm currently not. But I think I'm pretty good. But you know what I mean? Fast as shit, I'll tell you. Yeah, but my only regret is I never worked on my hands. I never learned, like, in marching band or anything like that. I never took classes. All I ever did was just talk to other drummers. And, hey, how do you do that? Or how do you do that? That was me. I got to be in that same boat. I did marching band for, 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 uh, for a school year, uh, freshman mm-hmm. year. Uh, so I learned some rudiments and stuff like the, the basic like, the 12, the, the first yeah. 12. But um, uh, I just wasn't a fan, bro. Mainly, I couldn't take the heat personally. That's why I didn't do it. Yeah. They were like, oh, you want to be a marching band? And I was in middle school. And they was like, oh. Because I was in middle school, instead of doing like the concert band, I went the jazz band because they had drums. Yeah, I wanted to do the same thing. Uh-huh. And so I went in there. They taught me how to swing and different things or whatever the case may be. But... It was the high school that was right next door. They were coming. They would bring that drummer over to battle me. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Let me go out and we go out and we go out and he'd be like, but can you do this? I'm like, no, but I can do this. The straight chops and stuff. He'd be like, but yeah, you can't do this. Paradiddle. And spread it across the kit. I was like, uh, you right. But I can do this. They'd be like, nah, you garbage, you garbage. I'm like, wow. Dang. That's but the, the music teacher wanted me so bad at the high school, but I was like, man, I'm not going to go to you because he was known for throwing shit at students. I was like, I'm going to throw it back at you. I know I'm going to do it. You throw something at me, you throw a baton at me, it's going to come flying back at you. And I didn't do it. But he wanted me so bad. And I refused to do March Band because I couldn't stand the heat. And I'm black already. <laughs> marching band. I seen the kids coming out of from coming out from marching band practice. They look like navy blue. I was like, bruh. Wow. I'm not gonna do that. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was like, navy blue. Oh. I was like, I'm not gonna do that. Nah, dude. You know when I decided I was not gonna do that? Uh, when they were like, hey man, you want to play in marching band? Just uh, rent this uniform and uh, pay for bus fees and shit. It's gonna be like 450 bucks. Yeah. It's like, nah, I'm good on that, bro. I'm yeah. not going to rent this garbage fucking uniform from you for 400 bucks for a fucking school year. And it's like a yearly thing. Every year you got to re-up on that fucking payment. Yeah. yeah. And it's a bulky, ugly fucking... Like, who the fuck wants to wear that shit? I couldn't do it. No, nah, man. I, I, it's, it's drumming. And I'm not going to say they're not technical. I'm not going to say that they're not great drummers. But at the end of the day, it's a fucking... It's, it's basically a dance routine yeah. with some, with some drum line. Yeah. yeah, I mean, unless you get into the battles, 
Have you ever seen the drumline battles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I saw the movie with Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> no, like actual drumline battles. That's a good idea. Uh, I mean, I, well, you know, um, I wasn't marching man, so they'd fuck around, you know. Yeah. I never, like, I never looked it up, no. Yeah, I had a cousin that did it, and I watched him play. He was supposed to be at the, the video release party, but everybody backed out at the last uh, minute. People flake, bro. Yeah, but, and he was, like, the sickest drummer. Like, he would do... Single stroke rolls and double stroke rolls, paradiddle double, paradiddle triple. I'm like, yeah, bro, nice. I don't know how you do that. Then he was talking about something called sweeping on the quads. I'm like, okay, sweeping on the quads. Yeah, sweeping sounds like some quads. sex shit. Exactly, yeah. but all, all it was was like rolls from side to side on, on the quads. Yeah, that's cool. But he would go flying through them. I'm like, bro, I don't know how you do that. You need to hop behind a kick. You're like, no, man, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, okay, mind you, his dad plays drums. And I was like, so he had a kid at the house. In your jeans, bro. It was. It literally was in my jeans. I couldn't dodge it at all. I had two uncles that played drums. I got another uncle that plays bass. I got an uncle that's a DJ. I got music all in my family. I can't. Dude, it's crazy. Me too, man. Our, our family is like, that. that's um, that's basically what made Put it this way. My grandfather won a, grand, a Latin Grammy in the year 2000. The first wow. year they ever did Latin Grammys, he won one. For yeah. uh, recording engineering, an album for a Dominican artist. Yeah, and it's like he popped. Like he's really fucking famous, bro. Like Spanish people know his shit. It's on the radio and everything. Yeah, and it was actually like one of his best records. And it was because of the job that my grandfather did, mixing it and recording it and producing it. Yeah, he won a Grammy for it. You know what I mean? And he played everything: clarinet, trumpet, saxophone was his main one. Yeah, but the same thing. He would compose music and stuff like that. And this, I, I had an uncle who was a, a, a producer as well. My cousin makes fucking uh, Dominican like reggaeton shit out yeah. there in the country. So it's just like I have a bunch of family members who have produced shows. And his mom, um, she she orchestrated like her. What is it that she did with that band, dude? She was like the manager. The ba- the band manager, you know what I mean? But like in the scene, you know what yeah. I mean? Out there, like making moves and shit. Like my grandfather owned a studio. It, it, so you know, it, it is something that I think is in the blood. Did did any of your family members ever play anything? That's the thing, man. Joke. Uh, I think Kevin my grandfather. <laughs> my grandfather. I I didn't know him barely because uh-huh. he died before I got old enough to like realize. Yeah, my grandfather but, uh, died when I was seven. He always had a banjo at his house, and I always tried to play it. I hit that you shit know? on the head, dude. I and said I banjo. Why? Like, uh, because well, I look like a redneck. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, my dad actually had a because uh, I'm part Polish. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm Polish, German, and Irish, so... That's what's up. You're white, white, and white. I'm white, white, <laughs> I'm the whitest, you know. So, yeah, man, I, I, honestly, I shouldn't have rhythm, but uh, I don't know how it happened. No, Kevin, one of the dopest metal scenes is in Germany, isn't it? Uh, like, yeah. Black metal or death metal, some shit like that? Well, They're not Germany, crazy. but definitely Europe. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, I thought Germany was... I mean, metal was honestly born Maybe Sweden. in Europe. Yeah, Europe. Well, death metal was born right fucking here in Florida. Well, death metal, yeah, yeah but... Yeah, death metal was born in South Florida, but metal... It's a European thing. Well, European yeah, Ozzy Osbourne, right? Or Black Sabbath. No, man. It's the first metal band. Actually, actually, I was watching the history of metal, and they, they say Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I really can see that. started metal. I can see that. Because metal started out being blues-oriented. Yeah. Like, you when know? the levee breaks, man. So exactly. Really distorted, exactly. heavy yeah. song. And what is it? Is, that an, what, is it an accordion that they have in there? Or is that a violin? Jeez, you know. I, I think I it's an accordion. No I have no idea. I mean, it sounds like an accordion. I think it's an accordion. It really does. I just know... Sabbath, they changed it to they were the reason why it became heavy metal. 
Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Instead of just metal. What? Yeah. What Sabbath still was blues. Yeah. Man, metal, metal, metal was born. Judas Priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Judas Priest was the first band to have two they, guitars. Like, power metal? No. They are the first <laughs> official, according to this YouTube video I was watching, metal, metal band. And then Iron Maiden. And then, you know, bands like that. I mean, um, but even Sabbath was still considered like bluesy. Yeah. Yeah. No, very bluesy. But the thing is, man, Tony Iommi, man, the fucking oh. riff master, bro. Right. He would write some of the dopest fucking riffs. Uh, uh, uh what's that fucking song? Um, uh, it's about. Uh, I think it's called H I M or some shit like that. No, N I N I B. N I B. Yeah. That fucking yeah, song, bro. The riffs from that shit. The riffs are all catchy. <sighs> so good, man. Uh, it was good, man. You know, metal like that is awesome. Like, like I love songs that are catchy. Like, yeah. You can play fast as shit and whatever, but if there's not a good rhythm to it and it's not catchy, then what's the point? You know? Exactly. Blistering speed is cool, but if there's no like rhythmic thing going on it within it, you know, it's like uh, it's boring. Yeah. Or another thing is a lot of bands overproduce what they do in the studio, yes. and then they can't. Now, it. hell yeah! Nowadays, hell yeah. hell yeah, dude. When we when we did our first. I first recorded as a band. We did it all analog. Dude, it was the dopest thing ever, but it took forever because we had to keep doing every take over and over and over. And I was like, bro, I don't know how these dudes did it. But they were musicians. They were on point. I mean, I'm talking about one take, and they were practicing for like hours and hours and hours. No, when when they went into the studio, they were ready to go, man. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't produced or just plug and play. You know what I'm saying? Punch Punch and go. Because no, when you got to cut tape and shit, well, that's that's why they invented drum machines. Yeah. Because a lot of, you know, drummers back in the day just couldn't play the songs, you know? So they just made the drum machine, and the drum machine did the work, you know? And then the guitar players and the vocals, and do whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, uh, I, I read Slash's book, um, like his autobiography, and he would uh, talk about Steven Adler. Uh, when they got past the Appetite for Destruction tour and stuff, and they started working on Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, before they brought a mat in, yeah, uh, that they you know they gave him ample time to like learn the songs. Like you could be mine and stuff. Like he couldn't play the intro for that shit at all. Um, and it's like a lot of it had to do with the drug scene, right? Yeah, the drug man. He was yeah. on serious shit. Yeah, I mean, he's still fucked up. Yeah, from yeah the after uh, he had a stroke or something. Yeah, he barely got his rhythm back like recently. Recently, yeah. there was years where he couldn't play the drums at all, man. Yeah. And that's what got him kicked out of GNR, dude. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine that a lot of the drummers fucking they wouldn't be on point or playing on time and shit because they were always fucked up or something you know well I mean it's not necessarily the drummer I mean like you know some producers come along or, or you know record labels you know they want shit done like now yeah you know they don't want to wait until somebody can get it you know so they just come in and they're like okay you know we're gonna hire this guy to play the drums or we got a drum machine this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. And I only know this because I talked to a guy that used to record. Like he actually recorded the Eagles. Uh, what was the album? Uh, the one with Take It Easy on it and all that stuff. Wow. He actually recorded that album down here at, uh, what's that studio called? It's over by, uh, it's over by the Hit Factory. It's like I an old studio know. from down here. What's it called? I uh, don't fucking know. Damn. I know what the Hit Factory Probably is. for my time. Yeah. Not sound well. If you heard the name, you probably would know Maybe. what I'm talking about. Not but anyways, he, he did that, and he cut two-inch tape. And he said, you know, some of those parts, some of the drum parts, you know, were a drum machine. Because the guy just, 
was doing whatever he wanted to do and wasn't making the parts right, you know. And then he said the guy would bring in, the drummer at the time would bring in different toms for different songs, and they would have to go through the process of micing up the toms and tuning the toms, and, you know, and then all yeah. of a sudden, oh, well, that song's done, so now I'm going to bring in this, you know. So that just sounds like some diva shit. Well, I mean, it, it, the it, Eagles were kind of known for that, I think. Really? Yeah, that is some diva shit to me. Because they all went their separate ways because they all couldn't work together anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I like the Eagles, you know, the hits and stuff, I like in the city, Hotel yeah. California. Um, but, I don't know, I never got too big into them. I mean, we're, uh, how, what, what was it that made them split? Differences just or? their egos, I would imagine. You know, the they egos all of the, the the egos of the eagles. <laughs> yeah, the, the egos. egos of the eagles. <laughs> that's that's kind of what fucks up every band. I mean, uh, uh, what's that other band? Uh, that British band. It's like a. You remember? I forgot their fucking name the other day. Which one? Oasis. I was gonna say uh, Osiris again. Fucking <laughs> Oasis. Uh, they, they the brothers hate each other now or uh, something. The Gallagher like Bros. Uh, same thing. Led Zeppelin won't do a fucking full reunion. Yeah. Bill Ward doesn't want to do a reunion. Yeah, but I can understand Led Zeppelin. I mean, Why? They don't have their drummer. You know, what's the point? They have his son. Yeah, but so what? He's not that good. Really? Like he's he's nowhere near that good. No you shit. Know? John man. Bonham was a special guy. Yeah, man. John Bonham was a special dude when it came to drumming. That dude, that dude was off the chain and on point. Because when he recorded, he recorded that shit. Like, you know, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's what I'm saying, dude. Back then, the recordings, you had to be on point to get it. And when I recorded analog for the first time, I was like, bro, I see why. You know what drummer really uh, impresses me? A lot of people don't mention him. Because it's not a band that's really known for the drumming, dude. But I don't even know his name. This fucking goes to show. The drummer from The Doors. Um, oh okay Keith uh, Moon Isn't it Is it Keith, Keith Moon? Moon No I think that's no. the Who That's the Who That's yeah. the Who Yeah uh, But it Just And the only reason I say that Is because The, the shit that the Doors play Was so weird mm-hmm. That for him to come up With beats to that shit To me is fucking weird Like I can get I can come up with a Pretty simple Generic Metal type beat To fill and stuff And then you throw in The tastier fills Down the line Yeah But like Some of the shit he was playing Was like off beat And off time and stuff and yeah. For the 60s Playing, you're, he's playing with an organ and a guitar player. Yeah, I don't even think they had a bass. Ray Manzarek, their keys, their key player, he did the bass. Yeah. So he he was the rhythm section. Yeah. That, well, you gotta remember his influences impressive. were older influences. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, so it's it's not like you're influenced by I don't know the Joey Jordanson, you know, yeah, or the Red. You know yeah, what I mean? Joey Jordanson. You know, so you're not gonna go out and and you can't top that. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe you can, but. Back then, it was all about like, oh, this guy did this, so I want to do something a little bit better than that, you know, and get it on on the record, you know. And he had a Doors, you know, I don't even know the drummer's name, but his drumming wasn't extravagant, but his beats that he did do were really cool, you know, and catchy. Yeah, like uh, when the music's over, I yeah. thought, I thought, I mean, that song is so dope, and I think just like the the vibe of it. Um, I don't know. One thing that I have a problem doing is ghost notes, man. Oh, me too. That's one technique that's really tough for me to grasp is doing ghost notes. And I feel like if you're like an elite drummer, every time I hear an elite drummer just jamming out, that's like their go-to beat. They'll do some crazy, like a simple hi-hat, 16 notes. Uh, But they'll do fucking a shit ton of ghost beats, man. (laughs) It always sounds super complex. Dude, honestly, all of this is rudiments. (laughs) Yeah. Work? It's all rudiments. Like, for me, my go-to rudiment is, like, the double-stroke and single-stroke roll. 
Single stroke, double stroke, and paradiddle. Those are like my three rudiments that I go to. Um, the double stroke, that's how I get my ghost notes. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, no, no, I get that. I can, I can get down a double stroke. Like I did that one year marching band. It definitely helped me out. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, with my sticking too, I did the traditional style. So the only thing is, I have to figure out my tuning, man, because when we were talking about in the beginning yeah. of the show about the snare drums and shit, I can't get off the sticking that I want or get off the rudiments that I want on my snare drum right now. And I think I, you know, I gotta change the head, but I want a new drum, so I don't. I mean, um, you know, I don't know what I want to. Has, has that head always been loose? That's on your snare now? No, it didn't sound that bad at first. It's just, you know, with, with, with everything... I don't know. I've dropped the snare a couple times, too. Since. So, Craig, yeah. 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 I've dropped my whole kit. <laughs> yeah. Yours got soaked Saturday. Yeah, my drums got soaked on Saturday. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were still wet when I took them back out of the van. Yeah. I loaded them into the van after I rehearsed with the band that I was playing with that day. And then uh, I put them in the van. They were soaked. I took them out of the van. They were still so. I was like, "Oh shit!" I hit my first cymbal crash. Yeah. Wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Those drums are no stranger to being wet, though. They've been in the back of a pickup truck on the Orlando, flipped upside down the bass drum, and then the whole bass drum head had water in it. And and I just take it, dump it out, set it up on stage, and rock. You know, it's just wow. D drums are fucking indestructible. Clearly, dude. If they yeah. Fucking I'm a caveman, dude. dude. I'm a caveman. You know what I mean? And and I abuse the shit out of those drums. I mean, I've had to put new legs on them, homemade legs, because the legs broke. Oof, man. I had so to do that on my first kit, but I had, it was a fucking groove percussion. Yeah. Know? I had to fucking replace the legs on a groove percussion, but um, we've been going for like an hour, 20 yeah. minutes at this point, so uh, I think we could wrap it there. You guys want to do any plugs before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't know. Which is Mark? Born Beneath, 1,000 Pounds Thrust. Um, Chronium. Oh, uh, Born Beneath album will be out soon. Hopefully, I'm gonna go uh, tweak the symbols and all that shit. Shout out to Stomp too. Yeah, yeah, Naked Stomp. Naked Stomp. Yeah. You know, with that. Arc Sound Mike. Studios. Arc Sound. Uh, but when is there a release date on the Born Beneath? Album? Man, I, not really. I mean, okay. it, there's. Can we see? Can Can we expect it sometime this year? Can we expect For a sure. single by, by the end of the summer? By the end of Can the summer. Can we expect a single soon? By, by the end of the summer. Yeah, yes. A single and a video. Because we're going to get together with Lab Pixels. Oh, okay. what? Lab Pixels. So this is a bomb being dropped right now. Yeah. So there will be a Born Beneath Lab Pixels collaboration. Yes, there will. Very awesome, dude. Uh, very I'm soon. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe end of July-ish. Something like that. But... Uh, hopefully yeah. it doesn't take as long as year's one video. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I mean, Dude, that video took forever and a fucking uh, day. Shout out to Lap Pixels, man. We love you, bro. Well, Eris One at least recorded fast, and it just took forever to put to the video. Edit, yeah, yeah. Born Beneath album's been in process for a year now. So, uh, man, well, dude. But we did change up bass players from the, from the get go. So, you know, it, shout out to Mike Rogers for learning. Shout out to Mike Rogers, man. He plays bass for Born Beneath. He plays bass for Born Beneath. That's what's and up. he's killing it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, any plugs from you, Joe, before we wrap it up? Oh, yeah. No, I'm How trying to think of shows, shows, man. I mean, you, you got an EP. I know y'all got an EP. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got it's EP. called Breaking Out. Yeah, we got the music video for Tomorrow's Not For Us. Fuck yeah, I'm in that. Check yeah. that out. Oh, yeah. Man, you find my cameo. Yeah, Kevin's in it, too. Um, I think we got, what, June 2nd? June 2nd. No, At, bro, I don't think so. I'll, I'll that's my birthday, though. Oh, yeah, that's Church right. Church. You guys are playing a gig. June 8th. June 8th. Lose show. 
June 8th at Churchill's. June 8th at Churchill's. J- fucking Andy told me that there was a show June 2nd, though. He told me he wanted me to yeah. come out. I think there's a show June 2nd. I don't because know. Of the, Maybe um, they're not playing on it, though. Yeah, I don't think y'all are playing on it. Because no. of the, whatchamacallit, no mention, but I'm right. sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those who need to know what we're talking about know what yeah. we're talking about. Those from which we do not speak. <laughs> yeah. Voldemort knows what we're talking about. Yeah, but because of that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. Cronium's got a show Friday up oh, at uh, Propaganda, Lake Worth. So okay. that's Friday, May. Hey, y'all play Saturday with um, May 23rd. And then Saturday, Witches Market O'Malley's. Witches Market O'Malley's Saturday. Oh, okay. Uh, so that would be tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Whenever this drops, theoretically. Yeah, yeah. But um, also check out uh, Unoya on YouTube. We got a music video for "Live by the Fire." It's uh, not by Live Pixels, but we're working on a oh. collab maybe down the road. Uh, we did that with Malik actually. He, uh, right. dude, this this motherfucker is a one man show over here, dude. Cool, cool. Fucking produces the podcast, works our lights, directed and nice. edited our music video. Uh, he's like a one man show. Uh, uh, graphically designed our tees. Wow. We have a um, a new, yeah, bro. new T-shirt out right yeah. now. That yeah. business. Yeah, you yeah. need to get this motherfucker needs business cards. Hey, there's there's a lot of bands in the scene um, that don't make fat guy shirts, and uh, oh man, you need to hook it up. Yeah, I know. I'm a fat guy, and I need some band shirts. Irish one. I know. You know ya. Sorry, dude. We'll hook you up, man. Uh, that's pretty much it. We got some new merch. Check out. Thrown on Facebook, check out Unoya on Instagram, Unoya the band official, Unoya band official, something like that. Uh, we are also on Instagram now, right? Yeah. Jace, what, what is it? The Throne podcast. podcast with like oh, underscores right. in there. Um, that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, thank you guys for coming out. Shout out to every band that Kev plays for and Ears One. <laughs> Shout out to my boys, Unoya, and uh, I, you know, it's a wrap. <laughs>